Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that would be helpful to accomplish our purpose. Well, well, well. Here we are again. Good to be good to be back for week two. Yeah, man. Uh, it's uh, we we did our first podcast last week. Welcome to the Sermon B Side podcast again. We are still talking, and we're actually recording this one Sunday afternoon after Liberty One Hundred and One, and after you've preached two sermons. So, so we haven't yet really given you the chance to to have questions to ask for us to actually answer on this podcast. We're sure. hoping that after these first couple of weeks of establishing this rhythm, uh, you'll feel some some freedom and opportunity to send us some questions on Sunday afternoon or first thing Monday morning. No, normally we do record these on uh, on Mondays, and so if you send us a question uh, on Sunday afternoon after the sermon, right. uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, we'll do our best to try to to try to get to that. Right. Yeah. But uh, who are you? So we, we know oh, who you are. Yeah. Hi, my name is John Robinson. I'm uh, one of the pastors at Liberty Church in Harrisburg. Nice to meet you, John. Same. Nice to meet you. Here, sir. Nice to meet you. We just did introductions at, at Liberty 101, so fresh off of fresh off of that. Um, I'm Matt Luloyan. Uh, I serve as uh, one of the pastors here along with John. And uh, good to have you uh, with us uh, tuning in today. Yeah. So we were in Judges this week. Uh, Matt, just kind of going through judges, prepping for that, um, man, like how you feeling things are going with, uh, um, with rescuing the rebel. Yeah. I, I love this book. Um, it's rich. There's a lot in there. Um, you know, we've tackled some big sections of scripture these first two weeks and big names and big names. Well done <laughs> getting your way through some of the lists of names. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I need to bring in like a, you know, like an official he, Hebrew, Hebrew pronouncer yeah. and just do the old Comedy Central, you know, when they when they took R-rated movies and made them PG movies and they like dubbed over them. Just dub have somebody yeah, right. dub over me yeah. in my pronouncing yeah. town and yeah. town names and uh, and people names because I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm just utterly butchering a handful of them. I mean, but, the, the other option is to just have the ESV app and hit play on the section of scripture and they pronounce it for you. You know what? That's brilliant. That's, <laughs> I can't believe I've not done that so far, yeah. but yeah, I, I love uh, this book and we, this, this is the kind of series where we really could uh, stretch out the series more than the 11 weeks that we're able sure. to give it this fall. Um, when we do it in big, in big chunks, uh, the, the real benefit is, is that we get to see, like we were talking about today, um, both this pattern and the cycle that is established there, but then we get to see back to back how different the the judges and the circumstances around right. the deliverance that that they bring, you know, through through the work of God, mm-hmm. uh, really is. So um, so doing the big chunks is, um, you know, it, can, it, it does feel like we're moving, you know, 100 miles an hour, but um, yeah. but it does give us that kind of a, an interesting, unique combination of a big mm-hmm. picture view plus zooming in a little bit on each of the right. stories. Yeah, so we did uh, Judges 2.16 through the end of 3 this week, and we're seeing, again, kind of that repetitive pattern Mm. uh, that we started talking about, this downward spiral um, play out yet again. And so, 
you know, 16, the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them, yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. So, like, man, like, here we are again. Like, this is, this is one of those things that we see, like, happening throughout Scripture. And like, we know this happens, but I think you made a great correlation today of, like, like we see ourselves in that, too. Bob mm. mentioned that in the liturgy. It's yeah. like, um, we see ourselves, like, going back to the same repetitive sin patterns. Um, yeah, like, talk through that. You, you made a... You made a uh, the direct correlation that we see a lot in scripture of like marriage mm. and uh, and how you know the the relationship that God desires from us yeah is pictured more of like a marriage relationship yeah it's a it's a um I think the more I read through the bible i've I've had the the opportunity to do that uh, in a year and then you know longer times uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, read through the Bible. The more the more that I do that, the more prominent that story arc of marriage mm-hmm. becomes. The clearer it becomes, maybe mm-hmm. I should say that that God um, God is pursuing His bride, which mm-hmm. is the church, which is His people, right. um, and He wants to marry them. And you know that, of course, is is pointing long term toward what's called in the Book of Revelation the wedding supper of the Lamb, mm-hmm. where Jesus and His people are fully and finally united forever. But when you look at and you zoom out and you see the whole story arc of scripture and you see that marriage picture, that marriage theme just really emerge, it it gives a lot of um, power and context to that metaphor that shows up, particularly in the Old Testament, where, you know, God's a covenantal God binding himself to his people. Mm -hmm. Um, Idolatry and apostasy is described often as prostitution or adultery. Mm -hmm. And, And then you see, you see God not he's not able to be this this dispassionate impersonal right. um responder to mm-hmm. to the idolatry he right. he acts like a um uh, and I'm stealing this phrase from from one of the commentaries that I read this week but he acts like a jilted lover mm-hmm. uh, he acts like he acts like a, a husband who whose wife has had an affair and you see in that that it's not god gets angry uh we read there in, in the end of judges 2 and it's Anger is not the opposite of love. We, we mm-hmm. sometimes put those things up on a spectrum and say right. there's love and there's anger. Yeah. Um, they can't coexist. Can't right. coexist. Yeah, right. the, the opposite of love is, is really um, apathy, indifference. Mm-hmm. The opposite of love is not caring enough to like yeah. do something about that or react. Right. And, and, and I think about that even from a pastoral care standpoint and, and things that you and I get pulled into, uh, John, in our, in our life and ministry, um, it's a lot more concerning for me in a family relationship and a friendship relationship when mm-hmm. someone is unaffected by breakdowns happening relationally. Yeah. It's like, I, if you get upset, if you, if you actually get um, reactionary and, and you like blow up when something is brought up, it's like, okay, that's, that's not maybe a mature and healthy response, mm-hmm. but it's way better than indifference and apathy. Yeah. And so, um, you know, long way around of saying there, um, God wants to marry his people and he yep. cares deeply about them. It's not just this impersonal test that he's yeah. laying down, like who's going to make it into my kingdom? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he, he loves his people. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and the Bible being obviously his story of that. I mean, we can yep. we can almost hear in the background the boys to men song playing of God going, hey, you know, oh, I, man. I, I, yeah. I want to be with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so... 
Oh, I boys just, to men. I, I mean, that's I that's how a lot of worship songs yeah. were like twenty years ago. Like the yeah. the Jesus is yeah. my boyfriend, Jesus is my boyfriend kind of worship songs. I'm, oh god! I, I'm grateful that you know at, at least in in a lot of uh, of the church we've 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 moved we put that in our rearview yeah. mirror and said yeah it's it it is there is that theme of scripture mm-hmm. that God loves His people. Um, yeah, I I don't love that the Jesus is my is my boyfriend. Um, right. Worship, worship movement, yeah. whatever that was well, called. Well, it's it basically whatever you could do is you could take Jesus out of said song and replace it with your girlfriend's right. name, and you could basically sing that to her as a love ballad. Yeah, yeah. Welcome right. to nineties worship music. That's that, was, that uh, is a lot of it. That's where we. That's where that's we grew up. We cut our teeth. We did. Yeah. Yeah. No. The that that picture, man. Just, I think that brings so much more to like what God desires is. I think you said you know like. He wants the heart, right? He wants them, um, mm. uh, he doesn't want them to pass a test, right? But he wants their hearts. And like hearts and obedience, when we look at that in marriage, it, and that marriage illustration is like we want in, in married, for, for married people and in marriage relationships, uh, we want you to have a heart for the other person. We mm-hmm. want, like I want to pursue my wife and mm-hmm. love her. I don't just want her obedience, mm-hmm. right? And, and like her just doing the thing that I want her to do is not necessarily saying that, that there's a heart behind that. She's doing that out of love, more mm-hmm. out of like a sense of uh, duty and obedience. But there's mm-hmm. this both and, yeah. and like we want to obey Christ. We want to do that because we love Christ. And mm-hmm. God pursues us so well in both being faithful in his obedience, mm-hmm. also having the heart alongside uh, alongside that pursuit. And so, yeah, yeah, it's a good good perspective to kind of bring into that as we study this week. Uh, we had three three judges we talked about. Yeah, um, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, O'Neill. Yeah, we're, we're we're a quarter of the way quarter of the way through the twelve. Yeah. Crazy yeah. enough, man. I mean, we, just, there was, we knocked him out in one day. Yeah. ton of content, obviously, with Shamgar. Mm-hmm. We talked about this. Like, yeah. We spent so much time on Shamgar. Poor Shamgar. Poor Shamgar. Get a verse. One verse. One verse, yeah. man. He he killed a lot of Philistines. So did Samson. Samson yeah. got a lot more a lot more text, a lot more real estate yeah. in the book of Judges than uh, yeah. than Shamgar did. I mean, you know, Ox Goad, 600 guys. That's uh, it's impressive. It's something to be mentioned. Your little shout out, little judge, little judge shout out. Yeah. He he got a little bit more than the prayer of Jabez, mm-hmm. but that's true. Uh, but no one's made like a whole movement uh, no. out of his life in that one verse. Yeah, um, like, yet. Yeah, pray for your ox code. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that one uh, that one come up. I mean, maybe it's out there. Maybe someone's written a whole book on on Shamgar. Oh, sure. But yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's not a. It'd be a lot of speculation. There's not a lot of not a lot of content there to to go yeah. off of. But yeah, three three judges all there in uh, in chapter three. Uh, of of the book of Judges, there's um, there's Othniel, uh, and he is the the mold. He's the the prototypical uh, classic hero, uh, predictable hero. I think I said he's, in the service, most he, likely to succeed. Yeah, right. he's he's the Superman of the group. That's right. That's he's right. The, he's the clean cut. Yeah. He's the he's the one. You know. Yep. He's always going to obey the rules. That's right. Got. That's right. Now, the one thing being, though, it is really clear in Judges, um, and part of even maybe dulling down the narrative to be kind of as boring as his narrative is compared mm-hmm. to Ehud's, mm-hmm. um, I think the author of Judges is trying to, to demonstrate, like, it clearly is the spirit of the Lord that empowered him. Mm-hmm. He's not a, he is a, he's a classic hero, mm-hmm. um, but he is not a self-made one. He's not, right. he's not a self-made 
superhero mm-hmm. um, that like just did all of this himself on his own strength. It was it's clear in there that that um, that it was the spirit of the Lord that empowered him yeah. to do that. Um, so you've got him right after him breaks the mold. It's Ehud, mm-hmm. um, the left-handed. Uh, literally and then, you know, figuratively wrong yeah. backward, yeah. Um, the wrong judge, the wrong person, the least likely to succeed. Uh, and yet he also, um, God empowers him to to achieve a great deliverance, a great rescue mm-hmm. uh, from Moab. Did you, I mean, did you get emotional in thinking about Ehud and him being one of the few, if not the only, left-handed representation. Patron saint, man. He's my patron, patron saint. Patron saint of the left. <laughs> I don't know if he's a saint, though. So I think I think that's a bad patron, saint. That's patron, a... patron judge yes. of left-handed men. You know what's crazy? Um, he, and maybe maybe I, I kind of speculated a little bit this week. So okay. later in the story, as, as the tribes actually do um, achieve... Um, a conquering of the land and there's a united monarchy under Saul and then David and then Mm -hmm. Solomon. Um, Later on in the story, you'll actually meet a number of really skilled left-handed or ambidextrous uh, Benjaminites. And so reading that this week and going back to Ehud, it's, you know, Benjamin means son of my right hand. So there's a lot of irony in the fact that this deliverer from Benjamin is a left-handed guy. I wonder though, if it was so effective it was so effective in this instance that he was left-handed and was able to, you know, kill kill yeah. Eglon. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they like took that and said, "We we actually need to train the Benjaminites because hmm. because there were many later on that could sling a sling with their left hand or their right hand, and there were many that could shoot arrows with their left or right." So yeah. he, I think he might have been the example right. uh, to teach right. people. It's kind of like if you can if you can switch hit as a baseball player, that ups your stock. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe there'll be somebody someday who can like switch pitch. And that guy would be that guy will break uh, Mike Trout's you know salary record in a second if you can yeah. find a guy that can pitch lefty and righty yeah, effectively. Both equally as effective. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's fascinating. Like the uh, the idea that they would actually potentially like train these guys because they saw some effectiveness in that. I mean, do you feel like maybe maybe if you're left-handed, you are Tribe of Benjamin, like? You can trace your. That's a little bit of a stretch. That's a, my, that's a little much. It's a little uh, much. I I couldn't. So I I don't have that. I mean I'm left-handed, but I don't. Have you I done can't. the 23 in me though? I'm mean, not. I'm not the, are done the you 20, sure? But I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Uh, by by faith and spiritual heritage, I am a son of Abraham. But yeah. by biological and physical and lineage, so I'm, I'm I not going to discount it until you've done the 23. Me, so <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Nice. So yeah. yeah. So so we've got. Um, We've got Ehud kind of coming into the game. He kind of has the more, um, you know, from a story standpoint, from like a narrative story standpoint, definitely the more um, exciting narrative. Yep, by far. Um, yeah, but you kind of, kind of even going back, um, talking about like the boringness of of sin. Um, yeah, like the boringness of sin, like that sin promises so much, but it delivers so little. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a great, great line to kind of point out. Uh, it reminded me of the Shakespeare line that says, uh, "We we invent new ways to commit the same old sins." Hmm. Yep. You know, yep. Um, the the we still are chasing after the same things, mm-hmm. hoping that they will um, produce something that we know that they don't produce. Yeah, a feeling. Um, uh, usually very much a feeling, mm-hmm. a feeling of power, a feeling of pleasure, a, a mm-hmm. momentary feeling of ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah have have you seen that like how have you seen that with um like through through this this picture of of Israel rebelling um and even in our own lives like what what are some things that you you would like to flesh flesh out a little bit more on that yeah i think i think each of us needs to come to our own experiential um recognition that that sin doesn't satisfy mm-hmm. so i know from my own life i grew up in the church and i'm a pretty uh, rule following type kids. So like I understood, okay, this is what's expected of me as a Christian. I was able to kind of go through the motions of that, um, mm-hmm. whether or not my heart was, was in it. I do think I, I did have a sincere desire to follow Christ at a relatively early age, but this fascinating paradox happened for me, particularly in my, my high school years and on. And in those high school years in particular, I was simultaneously the self-righteous guy Mm-hmm. That, that would look at everybody else and the things they were getting involved in, the sex and the, and the drugs and, uh, you know, the gossip and all that stuff. And, and I would be self-righteous and say, I, I'm better than that. I don't do those things. Mm-hmm. But I would simultaneously be really envious of it. And it looked really mm-hmm. fun. And it looked like it, man, mm-hmm. I, I kind of wish I could do those things yeah. because uh, it's appealing. It's a, sin's appealing. And it took for me uh, realizing through, through my own sin patterns that sin really doesn't satisfy mm-hmm. to start to to start to wake up to the fact that it, that it is really boring, that it, that it seems really exciting, but you, you test it out and learn it experientially a few times and you realize how utterly empty it leaves you. And so I, I think even for Bible studies this week, um, I would say, you know, some, some of you in your groups know each other and for, have known each other for longer and know each other better than others. Some of you are just brand new in the group. So, so you can temper this, um, based on, on some of that, but I think these are the places that we want you to to flesh out some of these real life. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take this out of the revealed word of God, and which is which is uh, timeless and what we need, uh, what we're basing our lives on. But let's go. What does this look like in our lives in real mm-hmm. time? Yeah. And say, okay, how help each other in your Bible study groups see how sin is is boring and repetitive, and um, it's been said. This might be a John Piper quote. He might be borrowing this from somebody else. But, you know, insanity is is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right. Yeah. And so whatever those besetting sins are in your life, I think helping each other see how boring they really are um, can be a great service to one another. So I think that would be even a, a place to maybe take um, take some of, of uh, the Bible study focus this week. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind um, for where to maybe take Bible studies this week would be you know, the, seeing these three judges back to back to back, you've got mm-hmm. classic hero in Othniel, you've got the unexpected, unpredictable hero in Ehud, and you've got the outsider in Shamgar. Yep. And you've got this, you, you zoom out and you see this, okay, God's going God's gonna to bring deliverance from yeah. wherever. Right. And we've got this idea that God is both, in, in, in the way he works in our own lives and world, both predictable and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And so I love to hear, um, you know, I'd love to, to hear examples and stories in, in Bible studies of, of people sharing um, where you've seen God show up in your life in unpredictable ways. Yeah. How has he worked in you? Right. Uh, how has he worked through you in unpredictable ways? Yeah. Um, what and, and what, in the midst of all of that unpredictability, all that's unexpected, uh, what, what are the predictable aspects of God's nature and character that really anchor you mm-hmm. to be able to endure all of the unpredictable? Mm-hmm. I think those are... Um, those are fascinating stories. They end up helping us even get to know each other and share our lives a little bit and even biographically um, where our lives have come from. Uh, but I think, you know, and I, and I know I know some of you uh, are in this moment so consumed by 
how unpredictable and unexpected life is, and it's crushing at times. I mean, it is uh, it is utterly uh, paralyzing at times to to come face to face with. I, I have no idea what God is doing right now. I have mm-hmm. no idea where deliverance is going to come from, mm-hmm. or how long deliverance is going to take to show up, um, or if it will show up in this yeah. life in this particular right. thing. And so. Um, I think that idea of, of seeing these judges, seeing God being both predictable and unpredictable and saying, okay, how do you experience that in your own life would yeah. be just really fruitful yeah. discussion. That's good. Even in that, like that, that predictability, predictability and unpredictability is like this idea of like being for Christians, like being predictably unpredictable in that, like mm-hmm. being faithful to the commands of God, which um, is, you know, can for us can, can appear to be, very predictable like mm. this is what we're going to follow this is how we're going to follow it this is what the word of god says and this is why we're going to do it yeah. but in a way it is unpredictable to the world because it's it's not responding the way that that the world responds it's not responding the way that people expect us to respond if you know, if we are wronged we actually forgive we don't re- repay one wrong for another yeah um and so yeah using that kind of um um, lens this week of of how do we how do we pursue these things well? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we um, how are we faithfully present? Kind of to, to use that term again from yeah. our last series. How are we yeah. faithfully present um, in expecting God to do the unpredictable? Yeah, um, and how He has you know and telling that story, man. Like tell that story again and again. How God has yeah. come and how He has saved you and what He's done in your life. I think that's a it's a way for us to, to both recount and rejoice in what uh, what God is doing. Hmm. That's good. So, yeah, yeah, we um, we hope that leads to some really good discussion and um, self examination and mm-hmm. reflection in your lives this week and in Bible studies. And um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Actually, John, you're tackling uh, Barack and Deborah That's right. from Judges four and five. Uh, oh, I thought it was Barack Obama. Not quite. Not, okay. If you say it fast, it can kind of sound like that. All right. Well, I'll have to redo a lot of my prep <laughs> so far. So, Anyway, yeah, hey, good to be with you guys. Um, hope you guys have a great week, and we will talk to you.